like I'm not so committed to this image I'm trying to sustain. Yeah, you you start to forget that you're like having to to I'm be a self vibing. with yeah, exactly, with a and personality. Maybe you you will you are a true self now. Yeah. Stamp. <laughs> true self. Yeah, TM. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Tonight, back in the today, building. we will be discussing... What time is it where you're listening to this podcast? Is it a drive? Is it... Are <laughs> today, you doing the dishes? Next year? Are you sweeping? <laughs> right now here, it's 2023. Maybe you found this in 2050. <gasps> An arch- archetype. Okay, archetype, artifact? An artifact. Close, close words. Um, right now, the topic today is going to be... <laughs> right here, right now in this room. We're not saying episode numbers. We're just experimenting and it's hard. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Cabots. The topic is hard. true self and false self. The topic, the topic. And the I topic, kind of really want to intentionally say not versus in, in between. Oh, oh, that's a Freudian. Because I think a lot of people put verses there. and I don't. Verses. Like I true self versus, versus false self. True or false. You know, true we, or we, false. we choose one. Often one it's or the op- other. It true feels self oppositional. And I just want to bat that, that idea away. Is that your true self? Are you being your true self your right true now? true self? I know exactly. Who's here in the room with me? Are you exactly. Being, are, are you being real with me right now? Fully, fully whole. Well, I, gosh, I, <laughs> folks, I wish I had, I wish I could show folks. you, I wish I could show you whiteboard drawings for tonight's topic. Okay. I want to say for a play. Folks, fully, I like, kind of sounded like, like an like, NPR person. Yeah. Like, I, I, okay. This is not like. Whatever I'm about to say, let's just see. I don't know. I think I think we average between average five hundred to eight hundred plays per episode, mm-hmm. which sweet. I don't know who's listening. Sometimes it gets up to two to three thousand. I know we episode. don't know why. And I do just imagine our faithful few listeners listening. <laughs> like <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm like who's listening? I imagine like. Five to ten people. <laughs> this is all for you. You all know who you are because we engage with you. I don't need to list the names again. But it's like it's just funny to think like they're here in the room with us. Yeah, hey, I, I picture. I this honestly, is all for I you. really do picture. Also, if you listen and you want to reach out, we love to know who listens. Hit up us. Hit us up on Instagram. On Instagram, no small thing. At no small thing. Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, okay, so we get right into it. Yeah, yeah. True self, false self. I, I mean, I think I think everybody, we're gonna start slowly revving back up into something here, and this is something that we take seriously and will be taking seriously, and you'll be seeing more consistency in our episodes. And we're also a small business, whatever that means. Yeah, we are. I, I mean, well, it means literally that we're a small business, but I don't think either one of us quite know what to do with that. But um, we do say, have business cards. Yeah, however, we have some business cards. I think that's what you do. You get a business card. <laughs> um, so we're really official <laughs> how do you know you have a business well we have business cards um but uh there'll be some consistent episodes and i think pretty soon we're not quite here yet but we'll be getting back into hey we got this going on patreon we got this going oh, on in discord sure. 
share an episode. We don't really, we're not doing the calls to action right now. No, but we're also hopefully going to try to do some kind of create inner, like more community building content. I would say more community building what? content. So I think we're a little bit interested in things that are like groups that you sign up for that meets weekly where it would be like a group of people doing like, I don't know, dream stuff or other things dream. that are related to curiosity. So we're starting to dream up. Those and maybe things. someday we'll, we'll all see. live on a commune together on an island. That's, <laughs> that's maybe someday. No small thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Getting right into True it. self and false Mace self. Mace is bringing some content that we're going to engage with tonight. True. Yeah. I mean, yes, exactly. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I think, Scott, you are the one who originally turned, like, nudged Winnicott towards me. You were reading Winnicott. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Well, I had a friend who's a therapist who was reading Winnicott. Right. Literally brought that reality and playbook to the park one day when we were on a midday coffee walk. Mm -hmm. And I saw it, and he told me about it. And it just, I don't know how these things happen. I don't know how it happens for you, dear listeners. But I'm sure people all day are telling me about things, artists, books, things. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, I mean, right before this, Mace, I, I brought a musician for And Mace was like, I've been telling you about this musician for like a year. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I see that now. I, I do remember. But it's a, it's a foggy memory. It's not unreal. But like sometimes something just reaches out from the fog of life and becomes clear. Yes. And I remember that day, whatever my friend was saying to me about Winnicott was capturing my attention big, big time. Right. Right. So then, then, then other things happened. <laughs> we start talking about it. We did an episode on, we did an episode on play, play. that was kind of inspired by him, yeah. which is just really interesting. So that book playing we've reality, grown so much since then. we've, we've grown, <laughs> we've been on a journey, <laughs> But that that is really interesting because it's true, that book, Playing Reality. I didn't even realize this until recently. I, I only recently, I feel like I'm starting to wrap my head around Winnicott's ideas, honestly, basically only because I'm taking a class where mm-hmm. we just studied a book introducing D.W. Winnicott. But that we're book... Gonna, we're going to make a documentary on Winnicott. I, that is no small thing. That is another big no small thing project that I want is for us to make a D.W. Winnicott documentary. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested... Uh, let us know. I don't know what you would do. I want to say but. for shorthand, everybody recap. Uh, this is a curiosity podcast. Recap. We're sitting in a room <laughs> trying to get curious, trying to run away from toxic certainty and <laughs> running away. Run. Ah. Uh, and, and also maybe being a little curious about toxic certainty, Honestly, honestly looking no. at it, looking we, over our shoulders while we run away. Being curious. Like, well, what's that though? <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I would say toxic curiosity. Toxic we curiosity. also should ooh, be curious ooh, about ooh, that. Ooh, 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 that would a, be a series of episodes. Honestly. So it, the shorthand, and this is, this is, I've never really said it like this before, but I feel like for the lay person tuning in, if we're using Winnicott as the sort of foundational content for the night, I would say the source material inspiration for Mr. Rogers. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I think that's exactly it. I think, Everybody loved those Mr. Rogers documentaries and I'm like, they are amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, unfortunately we don't have video Mm -hmm. of Winnicott like we do of Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. But I think Winnicott carried a similar um, aura about him. A deep, 
concern uh, on a, on a psychological, therapeutic, medical level, even for children, for children and yeah. families, mm-hmm. and a very strong belief that uh, everything kind of started in the very beginning of life. He here's this is a really helpful way of understanding Winnicott for me because I would say Winnicott is a psychotherapist, a writer, and originally was a pediatrician. Yeah. So he began as a pediatrician and kind of moved more into psychotherapy. But I found this to be really helpful of Winnicott writes, and he writes most prevalently about infancy and childhood. That's his contribution in many ways is writing about these. And he almost, this was helpful. My professor said this, he uses... He's talking about philosophical things using psychological words. And almost philosophical things using psychological and words. And using like the also the observational kind of psychoanalytic language and also saying something very much about what it is to be human, what it mm. is to be alive, mm. what it is to be like there's something also theological, philosophical, uh spiritual that he's saying with, but while also using primarily psychoanalytic language as kind of the building blocks, I would say. Also everybody announcement, this might turn into something like a psychoanalytic podcast, but we don't even know what that would, we don't really know if that's the case, but I do feel like we have a lot of interest in these topics. I gotta get close (laughs) to this mic. I'm tying my hair up. Well, I mean, it, it would be like if curiosity is the project and this is a project, um, this is the direction it's going. It seems like, I don't know what, I don't know what like radio lab is up to. I mean, I don't, I don't even think those guys are around anymore, but it's like, th- there's a certain type of curiosity. And then where does your curiosity lead you? Psychoanalysis is a great tool to unlock curiosity at this point for us. Yeah, exactly. I would but, say, whatever. I mean, for us, it's one of, it's been power, a powerful tool mm-hmm. for curiosity. Winnicott. Winnicott. <laughs> true self, full self. And I think this will be both a curious, <laughs> we'll approach this curiously. And then I also, I also think that this topic helps you to think about yourself curiously. I think this, this is, if we're like, what, how do we help people be curious? You know, it's this like, it. this isn't it, but like, I think this is the final frontier. This is, this is, this, this is, is all the- you need. <laughs> if we're trying to sell people, which we can't do, we're terrible salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, like the top five things. I, I, it's so hard to think about branding stuff like this. This is what you need. But curious. I think, I think, uh, this is helpful. Okay. Should we just get okay. right into it? Well, let's get right into it. We're already okay. 10 minutes in. Okay. So, okay. Here's <laughs> what I would all, say. You got, you gotta, you gotta like stand up on the chair <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I'm getting pumped and I wish I wish I had a whiteboard. Um, I have a little a little quote that I'll read later, but it might be helpful if you kind of because we're trying to we're maybe trying to figure out the format to do this in. What if you started asking me questions? Okay, well let me do a, a preamble. Great. Um, well, if you will, that's like a demand. Let me, let me. Um, <laughs> I, I go for it. So. I'm, I'm layman's I'm, I'm representing the everyday viewer right now, listening to this being like, what, what's going on? What mm-hmm. do you mean? True, false, false self, true, mm-hmm. felt, ha, true self, false self. And, uh, I'm thinking 
Well, it's in the everyday vernacular. It's in the air. And we're all doom scrolling on social media and we're seeing all these concepts. We, I'm, I'm definitely projecting on all of you listening. And, <laughs> and we're seeing there is a call, a, a, a manic, rabid call to self-actualization. Getting in touch with the true, true self, the That's core true. self. That's true. That's interesting. I am my, this is me. Yeah. And, and I would say one of the things I keep pushing back just in my own way as a youth pastor is like, hey, 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 hold it light. Like, this is you for now. And also, maybe next week, maybe not. And that's okay, too. Like, just just wait and see. Just hold on here. Like, also, take it seriously. Like, if this is your sense of self now, that's great. And also, let's just see. Because it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There is something. Um, okay, so I'll say, oh, okay. Let me just get my bearings here. I'll talk about my understanding right now without any of the content mm-hmm. from. Oh, Donna this Lenka. is helpful. This is helpful. Uh, and I'm quasi representing myself and quasi representing an everyday person, whatever we mean by that. So a true self is a self that is stripped away of all outside flu- influences, which I guess even now as I'm talking, I already know I don't believe in that, but this is the myth. Yeah. There is a self that comes from somewhere. Is it pre-birth? Is it, is it childhood? Is Good it, it four year old self that needs to be reincorporated in the adult self? There's a core self, a mythical, mystical unicorn self buried beneath the rubble of our traumatized, overly influenced, uh, identities. And the work of life is to find the pure, that's that's I, I imagine that's a myth we're wanting to spell. Interesting. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we would the want you to dispel self, that. The pure, pure self. I think we'd want to dispel that. Um, and the false self. Great. <laughs> okay, that Bose just decided to <laughs> say that. Disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> um, the false self would be the self that is acquiescing and overly sort of adjusting to the demands of society Mm -hmm. and the people around us. And I just can't get in touch with my true self because it's all about adjusting to the people around me. And, um, and, and it's, it's like what you said, one or the other. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it goes in the conversations. Often in the conversation. Yeah. I would say great starting point. I mean, it's, that's a great, I, I would, that's mostly true ish. And a question is, would you like to get us started with a Winnicottian take on this false self truth? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think exactly. <laughs> or do you want to just respond to what I said? Well, no, I think it'd be fun to then explain a Winnicottian way. Yeah. And I think this is where I, I here's, I'm now getting into something. Cause it's like, okay, are we going to become a psychoanalysis podcast? We don't know in Winnicott. I want to quickly preface also our true self is a psychoanalysis. Podcast. Maybe I'll start calling Winnie. I'll call Winnie. I'll probably call him Winnie from here <laughs> do on it, out. Do it, do because it, do I it. just, I, in my heart, I call him Winnie. Winnicott for some context for who he was. I'm going to call him Winnie. Having said that, Winnicott says, (laughs) 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 I'm going to call him Winnie. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, no. We got a little marker on our SD card. Oh, my gosh. All right, everybody. Uh, I think what I'm going to have to do is delete the content on this SD card and come back. What just happened? All right. All right. We'll be back. 
Okay, right, everyone. We, we took a quick break because our SD card got overloaded. So we're just trying to get right back into our flow. And you know what? Now we have dates. Dates. Because we took a break. <laughs> I, I clicked on this and then there's an entire Wikipedia article on it. And I thought, you know what? This is actually pretty, pretty interesting and just good. straight up read it. Because so here we go. I'll say another reset for us that this was probably already happening. But what we're trying to do is say we're trying to provide impressions, not oh, necessarily yes. content. Well, yes. we are providing content, but like it would be letting you walk away with your own thoughts and feeling provoked to feel and think your own thoughts, not necessarily did I get what Scott Mace were saying? Because we would say one of the most provocative reviews we ever got on iTunes is somebody that said, these two hosts never landed the plane. Right. And it helped us say, oh, well, we're not trying to land the plane. No plane's trying to be landed. So go land your own goddamn plane, everybody. <laughs> well, and I think, I think we kind of consider the pod and our lives and curiosity as to all be part of something that looks as things less as so um, things end, but seeing things as always in process. Flying and not landing. Like things are always, right. I mean, that's interesting because I'm like, well, planes can land and get landing back up. And, taking and, off you know, again. I'm like, we can't fly forever. I'm like well, a little bit, not the second. best, oh, oh, here we go. maybe oh. not the best <laughs> metaphor, but I also want to say that I consider this like, yeah, impressions is great process growing, continuing like that. Let's hope that we just, you walk away and it's like grows just curious. It's curiosity. Are you thinking of some thoughts right now? Okay. Good. True self and false self. Here we go. Um, this is just Wikipedia. So I'll have my own thoughts. Uh, <laughs> the true self also known as real self, authentic self, original self and vulnerable self and the false self Ooh, also known as self adds a little something to all this. To the true self? Yeah. Yeah. And the false self, also known as fake self, idealized self, oh. superficial self, oh. and pseudo self. Ooh, boy. Let's all com- put, let's come back to those. I love it. Please. Are a psychological dualism conceptualized by English psychoanalyst Donald Winnicott. Winnicott used true self to denote a sense of self based on spontaneous, authentic experience and a feeling of being alive. Ooh, Having we're a real learning. self- with little to no contradiction. We're already learning. We're already learning. Great. False <laughs> self, by contrast, denotes a sense of self created as a defensive facade, which mm. in extreme cases can leave an individual lacking spontaneity and feeling dead and empty behind mm. an inconsistent and incompetent appearance of being mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. such as narcissism. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll go on in a second, but this is what Winnicott's, I would say, is why this is one of Winnicott's most known ideas and conceptualizations is this idea of the true self. And it's paired along with other Winnicottian ideas, which would be spontaneous gestures okay. and potential space. Ooh. Which ooh, ooh, ooh. we I think would be Are worth, we now in the realm of Mace thoughts? We're in the realm of Mace thoughts, <laughs> which would I think be all parts of this theory. So what's what Winnicott was most interested in was watching and observing the moments when it seems like some spark of creative action happened for mm-hmm, someone. Mm-hmm. Something between some spark in themselves, mm-hmm. what we they might call a true self mm-hmm. that's going out towards potentially and probably towards another, but is not compliant to because of the other. Beautiful. So it's something self-generated. Yes. Would be a potential, would be a spontaneous gesture. Yes. And so 
the idea of, you don't really know what the true self isn't like, oh, you can become your true self. The true self is almost like a kernel from within that is a, uh, a creative, ecstatic. I mean, I think it's Trinitarian. Like I, when I think of perichoresis, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time not in my own personal Mace's web of philosophy, seeing this true self as like that, that creative infinite dance dance that comes alive okay, and okay. you interact in the world with. Yeah, yeah. So there's this idea that the true self, it needs another person to bear witness or interact with. Well, or? it's kind of like when you're first born. So this is also, now we're going to get deep into like, I'll, I'll get deep a little in this and we'll go back to the Oh, is it, right now we're about to get deep. I'm, I'm about to get, <laughs> where's that joke? No, no. I'm like, what are we doing? We're <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get deep. I'm going to go. I'm a little more into my own thoughts. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, I, I, I have this image of we're diving now. We're, we're, we're getting into a submarine and we're going. It's funny. Cause I almost feel like we're sidestepping in my brain. Oh, we're sidestepping. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, oh, it's sidestepping. Yeah, I'll sidestep with you. So I was a little scared to go to the submarine. <laughs> one of the things that I have, the small critique I have with Winnicott, but I'm also like, he's a, he's mm. of his times. It's just, he is um, very gendered in the way he right. categorizes things. Disclaimer everyone. But I feel like they're very easy to just start to create our own ways of seeing them with our new, with, better, more inclusive, more open words. The mother and the father. So when I got talks a lot about this idea of there is no baby without the mother, the caretaker, the, 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 a, 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 a human is born. And Winnicott really believed, and I, I find myself feeling convicted in this too, although I would be curious, you know, there's, it's not a full conviction certainty mm-hmm. that I'm convicted. Well, of course the, the baby is a self it's also there is no such thing as just a baby existing on their own that the baby exists always in relation to another i mean literally by nature of the baby's being born it doesn't ever exist by itself so there is that true self is a really interesting thing because it's i i and this is where i'm like i'm a little bit going off into my own land and it's also a little bit like everyone kind of has made theories since Winnicott that all kind of are trying and responding to what he brought forward. So there is this sense of that, that first little, those first moments between infant and caretaker and potentially the body that was the one that held them. And Winnicott even writes about like, it, it doesn't have to be the, the birth parent, but there that initial caretaking primary system, caretaker, primary body. caretaker with the baby is kind of developing help, helping to be the protector of the development of the true self. So you want to okay. think about the parents, okay. the parental pairing or the parental unit mm-hmm. as first kind of doing what they can to, and this is Winnicott. And I, I don't know how I feel about this. I would, I would say it can be more expansive than this, but Winnicott would say first that mother and baby, and then you have the external parent kind of protecting the mother and baby to do whatever needs to be done in those first few weeks, because, because of like, it, it could be a whole community of people protecting. Right. Exactly. Mother. Well, and, and that's the thing is, so Winnicott's like model kind of, expands outward and outward and outward. And his model starts to move where it begins from the family out into this groups, that neighborhood to this, to that, to society. Like we are all here to protect the, 
that true self, that like that very young thing. So it's like there, the true self is not like, Oh, this is your true self. When you, it's more like if you do something, is it coming from a, a place of the true self or is it coming from a, uh, a position of false self? And often the false self will act in order to protect the true self. Sometimes you need false self actions in order to protect the true self because the true self, this is also another thought, the true Mm. self, if if the true self is exposed and receives essentially trauma, so something unprocessed Mm -hmm. to the true self, that then creates like disruption and trauma. So it's like the true self is very vulnerable. It's precious. It needs to be protected and also can be overprotected and lost in the person with so much false self-development. Is this making sense? Yes. And I also (laughs) think if someone out there is like a Winnicott scholar and they're like, that's not Winnicott, I'd be like, Come like bring, well, like come said, bring we, be a part of the conversation. We have five people in the room that we're thinking about. We're not thinking about anyone because I'm I'm really kind of learning. Like I feel <laughs> like I just I just took like I just read a book honestly, and that's this is just me processing my book and taking a I class. Just a I just read a book. <laughs> Hashtag I just read a book. Hashtag I just read a book. And and I'm and I'm like out here being a play therapist thinking about these things. I mean, I'll say for me, they're clinically such helpful concepts. Because I think about spontaneous gestures. That's probably one of the most, uh, if anyone's out there who works clinically and is thinking they're following this psychoanalytically and they work with people. I mean, I'd love to think that somebody imagine, would. Well, I mean, imagine. I mean, think about it. We are a podcast that covers a lot of psychoanalytic concepts. True, true, true. You I know? Mean, I mean, they you and I Google stuff like this. True self, false self. Exactly. I would say for me, thinking and allowing and and bearing the space waiting for the spontaneous gesture is is most of my work okay. I would I say I have at lots this point. of questions okay lots of questions and lots of thoughts okay. so you've already opened up a world for us perfect let's now just so walk right into it I would say I want to know from Mesa's perspective dropped a gem a thought about uh, spontaneous gestures, a little bit more elaboration on that. Cause I, I get it mm-hmm. and I want to get it more. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear a little bit about whatever you feel comfortable sharing, how spontaneous gestures is showing up in your work as a play therapist or a therapist. I don't know what the word, what word are you using for yourself these days? I would say child psychotherapist, child psychotherapist. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? I, I, I'll, I, I, I probably can talk spontaneous gestures, spontaneous gestures, and I will probably not talk about any specific. No, I wouldn't expect you to. I, I, I just expect really what vaguely. you're looking for. I could, I could, I could do how, some how does, things. How does a spontaneous gesture show up in your work? Right, right, totally. What are you looking for? Like, how does it feel? How does it feel when you see a spontaneous gesture? Well, I mean, it's also, I, I think one of these things is all these things are words to describe things that are kind of undescribable, indescribable. Sure. Like, Core self, false self, or true self. These are all whatever words, but sure. What was the first question? How would you elaborate on spontaneous gestures? Oh, so I think, so again, Winnicott kind of used infancy as uh, sort of like he observed infants and all, and 
created theory that I think then you start to see, oh, it's so similar in the rest of our lives. Like whatever mm-hmm. was happening in this phenomena when we were infants was happening. So spontaneous gesture, I would say is, I would say it, it's related to like a creative spark. Mm-hmm. And again, it's hard to describe because it's related to the true self, but it is kind of this idea that if someone feels safe enough, contained enough that there will be, there's, he also describes the idea of potential space. So all of a sudden you now have the potential to create. And that I think Winnicottian had a very like positive, sweet regard to what's at the core of humans, which is what he would call spontaneous gestures, like reaching out towards life, reaching out towards creativity, reaching out towards making something that when someone is held and you allow for this space that there will be all kinds of spontaneous gestures that beget one another. And the more we can make room for that, that's that they come from this true self place, the more kind of in tune with ourselves mm-hmm. we can be. And that again, the, the, the family's role in Winnicott's mind was, was really to protect that and allow for that. Um, and I mean, Winnicott also really was here to try and help families and parents to know that they need to allow for their children to disagree. They need to allow for their children to be mad, allow for their children to express frustration, to kind of create an environment of availability of their emotional, their inner world, that it will be okay, that it'll be safe. And then, and through that, then, then the child can start to act out of their own volition their own spontaneity as opposed to in response to and in protection of the other. Because again, if we think about this baby that isn't a self without the other, that then slowly starts to realize it is a self and that is an other. This baby is like an us. I mean, it's like we begin that way and have to kind of come to realize that we aren't that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we can quickly adapt to try and do what we can to take care of that person thinking we're like, cause we're taking care of ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to be separate in many selves. So the false self. And then did that, was that spontaneous gestures? I feel like I went to other places, but <laughs> that's, that's okay. I mean, one of the things I think I read that Winnicott said was this idea. And I was thinking about this as a parent and a youth pastor is like, um, a parent could leave various play things around the house mm-hmm. and not dictate right. which ones should be picked exactly, up. Exactly. So the way parents typically act, it seems to me in my experience is they have not only some toys that they've bought for you. And it's like this whole story around I've bought these toys and, uh, here's what I want you to play with and watch the show Right. And here's how you play with that toy. And that toy does this and says this. And he's like, just leave them around the house and see what the kids do with them. Yep. And then he also said, metaphorically, you could leave uh, various moral codes around the house. I know. I think this is great. See which one the kids pick up. We'll see which ones they go toward. Whatever exactly. That means. Like, sponta- like allowing for that to be their own, out of their own self. Mm-hmm. When you see the spark in someone, it's like, I have an idea. And here it comes. And it's something that came out of left field and is creative and kind of 
whoa, yep, and it's communicating something, and it's it's allowing something new, it's allowing us to move through something. It's like, you can just kind of, I don't know, I think sometimes it's just like, I imagine Winnicott's using this word to describe just the feeling also, you know, of kind of watching that spark. Like, there's something about true self, spontaneous potential space that I feel has like an electric quality to it. And that's just my own... Uh, yeah, I mean, l- let me personal. try to say something here, and I would love to hear your response. Mm-hmm. My sort of layperson's takeaway response to this is there is a sort of white knuckling element to the way I have understood a true self. Mm. Um, so if anybody's listening, <laughs> if, if, <laughs> I'm making like prayer hands. If anybody is listening, You're out there. talking to myself. Anybody that's listening, um, if you're trying to think about a, a true self, whatever that means, um, it seems as if it takes a lot of like hard, really intense, sweaty journaling and intense, angry therapy. Like, oh, right. No, it's not finding that. my true it's self. It's not that. And I guess in a psychoanalytic way, we're saying that freedom and finding a true self would be getting comfortable enough to free associate. Yeah. So in the context of therapy, everybody, you could just say whatever comes to your mind and not worry about it. And in that process, you discover something about a true self. So it's like, it's not like you can turn like some sort of omniscient spotlight onto your inner soul and no. find something called the true self. It's no. like, it has to happen almost in a way that seems to surprise even you because you've gotten so comfortable that you've said something that feels like a self. Right. Well, and, and here's... Does that sound, sound slightly true? Totally. Well, and I think that there's this idea, like, it's never not... So my I had this someone write make a drawing that was helpful where they made the true self, drew it as a circle, and then drew the false self as a circle around it, mm-hmm. but then was using a whiteboard so you could kind of see the false self move around and kind of go to edges of things. Okay, okay, And okay. so that was a fun thought of, like, the the true self that's still always still gonna... Uh, it's gonna always have a little bit of false self because we're, we're relating. We're, we're having to, again, like almost like this true self is almost, it's kind of divine. It's, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. always going to have a a, a touch of false self, even Mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. perhaps that's the way this professor was explaining it, but it kind of moves around. And she was talking about like, oh, I'm a dancer and my dance involves improvisation. Now, sometimes I'm in a very false self place and I'm stuck up. I I can't figure it out. And, you know, it's kind of, it's feeling, you know, what it is, but sometimes I'm really in flow and all of these things and it's, I'm just feeling and it's spontaneous, but I'm still doing the kind of dance that it is. Right. And I'm sticking to that dance. And I feel similar. It's like I'm painting and I'm that's my true self is fling, you know, it's like, it's pulsing as I'm painting. And I'm also like, painting and using paints and there's a medium and there's some structure to it. Mm-hmm. So there's some like aspect of, but it, it, it isn't like, Oh, you get to it and you found it and you like pull out the true self and it's like, there it is, you know, because it is kind of this more elusive thing of sorts. Is that what you were saying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> These are just thoughts. I think I was saying, 
uh, yeah, maybe maybe to meet you where you're at in terms of what you were saying is a sense of a, a spontaneous sense of a true self can arise in the state of something you might call flow in the creative process, whether it's dancing or painting or creating, mm-hmm. whatever any of us understand to be a flow state. Right. And then also it's not like it's there, but it is something that you can now think about. <laughs> it's like something just happened. Right. I felt something. Wow. It was a state of uh, <laughs> elation, excitation, um, something that feels real, vulnerable, authentic, um, emotional. I don't know what the feeling would be. Right, 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 right. But it wouldn't feel um, like extra... Uh, I mean, it's ironic because I'm even, I'm even pausing myself now in real time in conversation. Right, like even doing this podcast is interesting. We're, I think, are we're dancing within the true self, false self here. Like there's parts of it that sometimes we get in flow and it's like full of spontaneous gestures are happening left and right, you know, and it's like probably our true selves are really close to our edges. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the crowd will come in for me. And it's like my true self is now really deep down. I've got a lot of false self, you know, leading the path or something. I really think about it really fluidly. How how would you describe all those things you just said? Because it's a shorthand for you and me, but maybe most people don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, What's it's the like, crowd? It's What's like the we'll, be, we'll be flowing and reviving. And then all of a sudden one of us will say something that maybe could want, offend one person that I know out there or somewhere potentially if they're listening. And then it's like instantly that is happening. And then like, then they're going to tell this person and this person thinks that. And then all of a sudden everybody thinks this is uh, some, you know, big old, that one little offensive thing is going to tumble it all down. So let's use that as the raw material. Like, if, if you said, what does it feel like from your perspective over time, over, over four years of recording, no small thing, what does it feel like if, if ever a true self emerges in the midst of this process, what does that feel like for you? Or how would you know, or has it even ever happened? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's almost like, uh, it's one of those things that I don't think that you're like, oh, this is it. And I don't think it's like, I bet, I imagine it's happening often. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like uh, creative. Right. New, fresh ideas. I'm Things are emerging from me that are new as hmm. I'm here. Hmm. Like this, this fact that there's something new happening, process, change, growth, thoughts that are sparks. They're, they're new sparks. New That's sparks. how I would describe it. Man, maybe I would say a little differently is I would say in the in the midst of recording, uh, there are whole episodes, I feel like, where we get into a s- blissed out state. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to describe because you'd have to be here in the room or something like that. And it's just like there's a losing of self. And that might be a thought. Like a true self would be a losing of self, quote unquote. Like, I'm not so committed to this image I'm trying to sustain. Yeah, you, you start to forget that you're, like, having to, to be a self vibing. with... Yeah, exactly, with a and personality. A Maybe. You you will you are a true self now, yeah. stamp. <laughs> true self? <Yeah>, TM. <laughs> true, true, true self, self TM. TM. <laughs> um, when you're vibing. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think there are 
I think the most typical ebb and flow of a No Small Thing episode is something between getting into a flow state and then remembering we're in a flow state and, and reining it back in and then not winding it back in. So getting back into a flow state, but then bringing it back in, you know, <laughs> it's like this constant ebb we're and flow. Like, what are we out. doing? Um, but for me, the times where I have felt a true self in the, in the, in the way we're talking about it probably honestly happens in therapy. Right. And that also is only in little blips. Mm-hmm. Then in morning pages, mm-hmm. which is the, the artist. Those way, are great places. I feel like those are really, those make sense right there. Artist way morning pages, is one of the most intimate yes. things because I can tell I'm writing and I'm, you know, morning pages, what you're supposed to do is. I think that's a beautiful exercise yeah. in trying to get in touch with the true self parts. Yeah. The most interesting times are when I'm like, pausing midway writing like who am i writing to right now am i my audience am i is there an outside is it god crowd? yeah and, and there are times when i'm writing because ha- for me it always has to be three pages on a yellow notepad which takes me about 20 to 25 minutes and i'm i'm chugging along writing and i'm being sort of toggling back and forth between unconscious writing and conscious writing watching what i'm writing trying to let me the artist way Julie Cameron basically says, don't let your pen stop. So don't stop and ponder, keep writing, keep talking, keep thinking. And I'm writing, writing, writing. You can even say I'm pondering and I don't know what to write. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, who's writing? What am I saying? And sometimes I just get into a blissed out flow state and I'm not editing and I'm writing and it's like, this is great. This feels so nice. Um, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, Winnicott and these therapists and these researchers and these people who do this for a living are trying to put language around also something that would feel very mystical. It it feels like it has to be mystical. Right. No, exactly. It does have to be mystical. It is. It is by by nature. It's a letting go. Right. Is it not? No, I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. You know, I I just, you you pause. I, I feel like that's a third or fourth round of you pausing at the idea of letting go. What do you mean by what? Tell me more. What you mean by letting go? Well, like it's a, it's a, it's a release and a contraction. Like we're contracting or clenching or flexing, hmm. and hmm. we're controlling the mm-hmm. ego, and we're striving. Mm-hmm. And a true self might arise if we relax and let life happen. That seems mystical, right? Which I think I would say a connection to the true self, a connection to the true self. That's where That's I mean, great. cause I, cause I, I just don't want to be like the true self and they, <laughs> the true self will arise, you know, like I'm like, I, I have some fear around that or something. It's like an incantation. I'm like, like no, no. Sort of no. Okay. Well, let me read this. Cause this Wikipedia <laughs> has these interesting things and I'm finding them fun. Okay. Please. Um, Wikipedia has, um, what other people have developed on it and they have Symington and they also have Milner. Okay. So well, I want everybody, to both people really like to think about in terms of Symington has a lot of really interesting stuff to say about narcissism, which I, we probably hopefully will do some episodes on that. Sure. Um, Symington developed Winnicott's contrast between true and false self to cover. See that. I think this is interesting. The sources of personal action contrasting an autonomous and a discordant source of action. Let's say it again. Uh, contrasting an autonomous 
and a discordant source of action. Oh, oh yeah, I really didn't think about that. The latter drawn from the internalization of external influences and pressures. Thus, for example, parental dreams of self-glorification by the way their child's achievements can be turn- internalized as an alien discordant source of action. Symington stressed, however, the intentional element in the individual's abandoning the autonomous self in favor of a sol- false self or narcissistic mask, something he considered when it got to have a world. Symington's interesting because he thinks that some, at some point in your development, you made the choice towards the false image as opposed to yourself. And he kind of like is a little bit like harsh compared to everyone else who's like, happened to you. What would be our invitation to people? Uh, That's an interesting question. I don't know. I do think there's something inviting about this of like, hey, you've you've got some choices here. Are you going to keep choosing the false self or are you going to choose? But this is what I, this is the aha for me. And this is like, I don't know if we've met halfway yet. Okay. Um, The the initial thing that I was proposing about common, common, hello. Hmm. Common daily assumptions about these ideas of false self, true self, which mostly just get mentioned in passing in my experience. Nobody's really drilling down on what we mean by these things. But are we are we saying work harder or are we saying lighten up? Oh, it, it could be a, it could be a touch of both, mm-hmm. but I have a hunch that my yeah no, I'm leaning I think towards right. lighten up. I know I think you I think you might be on to something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I have something to read maybe now that would be helpful potentially. Go for it. We're gonna try a new tactic here, everyone, and we're going to go deep diving into a dense article. I love a dense article. That I barely understand, maybe don't even understand. <laughs> Scott will maybe barely understand. We're just well, going to grapple with no, it together. I know, like, just may say a preference to this podcast. The main thing everybody needs to do is understand everything we're talking about. Everything. <laughs> okay. So no, this- no, no, no. Honestly, I would love people to walk away being like, I didn't quite understand that. But the luxury of a podcast is you go back and listen. And also, if everybody, there's something called the internet where you could... Go There's something dive. called the internet. I mean, honestly, that happens in podcasts that I like. I If I hear something, like, let's put it this way. You and I have been watching Anthony Fantano music reviews. Uh-uh. And if I'm like, if he if he's mentioning five or six artists in one review that I don't know about, I'm like, okay, I don't know that. I don't know that. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get mm-hmm. to the heart of what he's actually trying to say. Mm-hmm. But sometimes something will be said and I'll be like, I got to look that up. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what happens. Right. Maybe you look it up. Go I mean, for the dance. There's like a full YouTube video that's just true self and false self. That's probably doing it better than this. Is this EBSCO host? And I think that I'm like, <laughs> I think I might be getting it wrong. I'm not entirely sure. So like really, but okay. I, I lost the thing mm. I was going for. We're just all learning here, everybody. Uh, okay. This is titled, this is from a book called Boundary in Space. That is an introduction to the work of D.W. Winnie, Winnicott. Okay. Winnie. And they don't have a true fault, a true self section, but they do have a false self section. All right. Let's so, get to the dense. Let's get in right and to the also, dense. And also, this is the turnaround towards the wind down. Turnaround towards the wind down. We're getting dense and winding down. And and <laughs> this is just kind of fun. So if you're not into this language, just join us for the journey. You know? <laughs> um, okay. So first off, Winnicott, I just want to quickly say this, that... He had this idea. I mean, there's this quote. He says that uh, that we're poor, 
we're poor indeed if we're only sane. Yeah. So Winnicott is not like out here trying to be like, we need to problematize, but he does do this like problematize psychotics. I mean, that could be, I almost feel like pause the whole episode, all the space prior that and all the space after that. Poor indeed. If we're merely sane, we are poor indeed. If we are merely sane, beautiful. We are only sane. Everybody, turn off the episode and go lay in your bed and think about that, and put it on a tattoo and and make a collage of that quote. Um, This is another. (laughs) This is this is this person, and maybe it wasn't Winnicott with this. It's the person who wrote this book, which was two people. Uh, Winnicott believed that healthy people can play about with psychosis. Psychosis is down to earth and concerned with the elements of human personality and existence. And we are poor indeed. If we are only sane. bam, bam. Um, okay. A whole episode. So in a whole series and a podcast, uh, dedicated to that. Concept. Cause already I'm like the word illness is interesting. And I have, I have critique on that or just words around that, but I'm like, we just have to, we're just gonna have to listen mm-hmm. and then take from it mm-hmm. what we want. Yep. Uh, okay. The second category of illness arising from early environmental failure, failure is a strong word, was described by Mm. Winnicott as the false self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, The etiology, mm -hmm. which I've looked this up, is the causes of things. Mm -hmm. That's what that word means. Of the false self is to be found particularly in failure in the object presenting at the stage of absolute dependence. Okay, this is quoting Winnicott himself. The good enough mother meets the omnipotence of the infant and to some extent some extent makes sense of it. She does this repeatedly. A true self begins to have life. Through the strength given to the weak ego by the mother's implementation of the infant's omnipotent expressions. The mother, who is not good enough, is not able to implement the infant's omnipotence. And so they repeatedly fail to meet the infant's gesture. Instead, they sub- the mother substitutes, and mother really substitute any caretaker word. I'm, I might just do that myself. Uh, uh, instead, the caretaker substitutes their own gesture, which is, to be, which is to be given sense by the compliance of the infant. The compliance on the part of the infant in the earliest stage is the earliest stage of the false self and belongs to the caretaker's inability to sense their infant's needs. Through this false self, the infant builds up a false set of relationships and by means of interjection even attains a show of being real so that the child may grow to be just like mother, father, nurse, aunt, brother, or whoever dominates the scene. The false self has one positive and very important function, to hide the true self, which it does by compliance with environmental demands. Yeah. I mean, it's it's dense, but it's actually pretty easy to understand, I think. Yeah, and, what are your thoughts? Well, it, 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 it brings me up, I'll just go straight on youth ministry and pastor. Like, my dad's a pastor. Love my dad. I have all the natural, regular, everyday human beef with my dad that anybody would have. And this isn't even about my dad necessarily, but it's like about the the particular environment I was raised in. And it's strange to think that everybody's asking you, most people are often, usually, asking you 
to behave a certain way. Yes, exactly. And so you, you do, you spend your whole life orienting around behave. that. Behave like a yeah. good, look at you. You're being such a good and then big gets, boy, that, Scott. Yeah. That gets labeled as a true self. And then if that is the true self, if superhero kind Scott is the true self, well, all the best, all the better for everybody. What a great self. Right. So I believe it. Everybody believes it. But we have really no idea what type of self would emerge if other things were encouraged or celebrated. Right, right, right. And honestly, I guess the way I would take it in terms of good enough with good old D.W. Winnicott is it's not like some other sort of sinister. I think this is the myth that most humans are are trying to, uh, I don't know, most humans. Uh, what What do words even mean? Many people that I've experienced in my life You're doing great. Um, are are buying into is is it is if is it's as if this superhero selfless person isn't being promoted, then other more sinister things like a serial killer are going to get promoted. Which actually we have to know it's this manic obsession with making a person be a superhero or be a good person that makes this other person type side of them get suppressed their entire life right. where other bad things arise. So right. if you can, if you can provide an environment where other things can get expressed and I would say in our fantasy, it's probably anger and sadism. It's probably more just regular everyday sadness. And anger. I think this involves trust. I mean, Winnicott also talks about like the, the caretakers need to allow their, infant to hate them and to allow them to hate their infant. Yeah. I think even said that like there needs to be room for we don't want that though. The big aggressive feelings to be allowed. And I think that this involves like a trust in the the goodness. I think there's something a little bit about like goodness that like when given the space, given the chance to allow all these parts selves that creative goodness will happen it, it's fear that creates well we need to force it we need obedience you know there's yeah. some kind of fear that no we don't control this this uncontrollable thing it will it will destroy us well it just brings up all sorts of things but go ahead I, I uh, shall i keep on reading because i think this is fun yes absolutely okay <laughs> is this fun there are degrees of false self now i'm not quoting when it got there are degrees of false, I'm quoting boundary and space. Uh, at well, the, what's that? That's the book I'm Oh, the book. The oh, book. Boundary and space. About oh, when it got. About when it got. There are degrees of false self. At the pathological extreme, there is the truly split off compliant false self, which is taken for the whole child. Because the true self, being totally hidden, can have no relationship to reality, life itself becomes futile. Now I'm quoting Winnicott. Hmm. Instead of cultural pursuits, one observes in such people extreme restlessness, an inability to concentrate, and a need to, con- to collect impingements from external reality so that the living time of the individual can be filled by reactions to these impingements. And on the other end of the scale, that is in what Winnicott would call health, there is a compliant aspect to the true self an ability of the infant to comply and not to be exposed. The ability to compromise is an achievement. 
The equivalent of the false self is normal develop. The, the equivalent of the false self in normal development is that which can develop in the child into a social manner, something which is adaptable. In health, this social manner represents a compromise. At the same time, in health, this compromise ceases to become allowable when the issues become crucial. When this happens, the true self is able to override the compliant self. Here again, now I'm not quoting Winnicott. Here again, it can be seen that Winnicott is dealing with something familiar and accepted in our society, as he himself pointed out when referring to the arts. Now I'm quoting him. Mm. I think you will agree that there is nothing new about the, cent- about the central idea. Poets, philosophers, and seers have always concerned themselves with the idea of a true self. And the betrayal of the self has been a typical example of the unacceptable. You could quote to me from almost any poet of standing and show that this is a pet theme of people who feel intensely. Also, you could point out to me that present-day drama is searching for the true core within what is square, sentimental, successful, or slick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that they, I really Lots like, thoughts about I, all that. I really like this idea. Oh, I want to hear your thoughts. I think this is a, I like the idea of the false self almost compromising and colluding with the true self. But then the health is when you know that, Hey, when push comes to shove, this true self overrides the compliant. The true self is the one driving this and uses the false self to involve themselves in social manners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's this part of the self that relates and and adapts and is adaptable. And if it becomes so adaptable, that's the only thing. Well, then that's really problematic. But it's health when it's actually the true self has made some kind of compromise. It's made the developmental achievement being able to do this social false self thing, but it doesn't give up the true self. No, it seems like a magic trick and it really just does seem like bringing something forward that would be the ultimate secret of potentially happy people. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I mean by that, but here's a stab at it. So you're going to therapy and you're saying, I've realized the world is crazy and it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying this very playfully. And you say... I'm so crazy. I've externalized the world as crazy. Maybe there's another, another way turning it on its head. But, but it's to say, uh, so one way to do it is something that I've sort of obsessed with in my own way. It's like, well, I'm a prophet. So now I'm going to, I'm going to learn in therapy that the world is crazy and there's nothing wrong with me. So I'm going to go out and change the world, which is exhausting. Another way to say it is the world is crazy. Um, but I got to play the game which I've hated that phrase my entire life, but I'm consciously playing the game. Right. Well, yeah. False self. I, I know I'm being my false self at the least. And, and it's a, it's an ultimate compromise. It's to say, I'm going to bring my true self forward as much as it works. And in as many environments as possible in, you know, but you won't, you won't be out here. You, you're not going to Starbucks and, Going, you're not trying to have spontaneous true self big moments. Well, Starbucks is an interesting, true. Starbucks is an interesting thing to say. And then I think of us and no small thing, which is just the irony of how meta it all gets when we're recording. I know because guy note for the audio note for the audience. We've had to like pause and have many moments because I'm struggling with my false self. (laughs) 
parts that want to feel like I'm talking to some kind of professorial audience. That's a really interesting thing happening. It's like, it's like some sort of committee in the, in the Harry Potter land of like the death eaters are watching you. I know. I'm like, it's emerges. So it's not Starbucks, but like no small thing. And affirming youth ministries and the things we do currently are, are, are sort of some sort of massive manic, strange, valiant, heavy quotes of valiant effort to do something authentic. But what I imagine for an everyday person is they are going to work Mm -hmm. in their job and they're Mm -hmm. like, I know myself, I know who I am. I know what I enjoy. This isn't that. This is me working. This is me. Later I'll go be myself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something I've still never really gotten in touch with. (laughs) And I think one thing we're trying to do is saying great, great for everybody. And maybe we can help people do whatever that is. And also, I'm going to do my best and try my hardest to have a life where I'm going to have more of as what I perceive to be the real authentic self as possible in as many spaces as possible. Well, and I think this opens up a wondering for anyone of, Hey, are there parts of myself that I learned? I liked, and I'm not sure if I would have gone towards it. Had I not learned it. Learn yeah. to like it. Learn to like it. And that's what, not, what's an example of what you might have in mind when you say something like that? Um, I've learned to like putting the dishes away. <laughs> it's a great example. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I feel <laughs> like... Just a very mundane, everyday it's, thing. It's... When I was younger, I didn't want to, and I didn't under... I was like, this is whatever. Yeah. Pointless. But there was parents that kind of instilled something and now it's in me you know those dishes gotta get done yeah and i'm like i don't know what my true self i've lost i feel like i've lost some <laughs> of my true self i'm like i'm not sure where it's at in what does the true self feel about what dishes? does it feel what does it feel um there's one more little section on intellect in the false self are you interested i'm interested okay Intellect and the false self. Very often in Winnicott's writing, we are reminded in some form or another that the opposite partner of the soma in life's waltz is not the mind. Soma, I think, is a word for body. Yeah, no, I think it is. The opposite partner of the soma. I mean, it's... Is the mind? Is in life's waltz is not the mind. Okay. On the other... Oh, is he saying it's the heart or something? On the other hand, the development of the true partner, the psyche, depends upon the intact brain and intellectual functioning. Okay. Interesting. Okay, okay. Tracking. I do feel like there's, I I would really love to look at this. There's so many different lenses I'd love to look through when I got, but I do, I feel like there is still, I'm just going to keep reading. Ah. Uh, (laughs) In the body of an Anna, Anna, mm, Mm. what is it? Anaphylactic? Anaphylactic. Nope. Anencephalic infant. (laughs) In the body of anencephalic infant (laughs) functional events. What? Including (laughs) anencephalic. Anencephalic. I think phallic is. Let me see. Can I see? What's the word? Where is it? Can you point to it? Yeah, everybody, just so you know, I've never seen that word. <laughs> yeah. A- a neck- 
<laughs> a necophallic infant. What is that? I don't Dang. Know. Love to pretend we know. In the body We're gonna of go rehearse that word. An infant functional Come back events, to you after we've rehearsed it and learned how to pronounce including it. Including no. instinctual localizations may be taking place. Events that would be called experiences it function if there were a brain. What? What's I happening? Think, I think that this section might be Discard? Not. I think discard. Abort. Abort. <laughs> run away. Run away fast. Fast. I'm not uh, here Okay. This. Okay. This is what I'm saying. What For me, my, my, my responses to all these things is experiments and living everybody. So what I would say is authentic self is something that happens, first of all, and, and of course, respond to me and push back or whatever. Of course. I will, of course. Of course, of course, is um, spontaneous gestures. We love those. A, a life of spontaneous gestures. And honestly, I would love to do like a Moses Sumney version of that. Three months of unpacking spontaneous gestures. Oh, this is really deep stuff. So I it's get what like, you're saying. I, I'm, I'm sensing a desire for it in my life and actually not that many reference yeah. points. Yeah. Like if you're going to say it's like performance art or it's going to be like sketch comedy or it's going to be something like art where you get into a space and I'm sure most of our listeners know more about this than even we do is a a space where you get to know yourself through what emerges when you're feeling free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's not as if, and I'm speaking to myself, it's not as if the true self emerges and now, you know, no, I think that's the thing. The whole point is we actually don't know what will happen. And it's always, always going to be happening like right a sense of a true self emerges but you're always creating it's you're not, always expressing it's not like exactly it's that's that's part of it is literally a gesture it's there's something about movement within it it's, and something it's not like a true self will emerge and now ha you found it it's like right. a, a, a true self could potentially always be emerging in life through the enactment of spontaneous gestures I love, it I love it. I think that's great. It's beautiful. And how do we do that? And how do we do that? Well, that's <laughs> a great question. I don't know. I'm trying to find this other quote because I think it'd be a fun little like ending quote about Winnicott. And it's less about true self. We'll look self. for it while I just talk. Well, great. Because <laughs> I think for curiosity, it's like, I think the biggest thing that I would want for No Small Thing listeners, and I'm sitting up here, everybody looking in this living room where we have the No Small Thing logo. Mm-hmm. And then we have a thing that I created with an exploding brain. Exploding and brain. It, it's not meant to be violent. It's meant to be an expansive picture, mm-hmm. a, a picture where things are getting let loose. The, the implication in this picture for me, as I'm interpreting my own art piece, is there is something that's been locked up that's now been released. Mm. And so it's, mm. a, it's a freeing and there's something here about like certain ideas and assumptions we have about ourselves and life and all that, that what a word that we might use is forecloses conversation mm-hmm. or ends conversation or shuts down curiosity. And, uh, something would happen through the practice or the philosophy of less certain, more curious where people would, first of all, get in touch with a mystical element within themselves that would free them up to be a, a version of themselves that goes through life 
more happy or I, I don't even like the word happy. No, I, th- I think I have the perfect thing to say to this. Next. So more I was alive. I was, I was just popping up more alive, more alive. Yes. I think more alive it. is a better I word. I think that's it. So here we go. This is great. This is a great segue. And I think as we're, we're kind of winding down, I, I feel I'm winding, winding down. My eyes are sleeping. Sleepy eyes, exploding brains. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep singing. Do you have the, do you have the it's quote? Here. I'm just trying to figure out where to start. I can keep talking. Um, okay. <laughs> Given room at the beginning to develop an area of playing, there is thus no limit or boundary to the development that can take place even into old age, except the limit of our physical capacity to experience and to contain experience. Mm-hmm. These considerations that we have already mentioned are very much bound up with Winnicott's view of psychotherapy. He believed that where there is space for experiencing in the relationship between the therapist and their patient, or indeed between friend and friend or parent and child, there is always space for true therapy. The difficulty arises when the play area is lost or is never developed. And looking at psychotherapy from this point of view, Winnicott was able to develop his own therapeutic techniques and to use psychoanalysis in new ways to get back to the place before there was any logic or form or use of symbols, so that in the setting provided by his personal reliability, which sometimes meant doing nothing more than being alive and attentive, parentheses, silently communicating, a point could be reached where a potential space could begin to be. So, and I would say that's the potential space for the false self. So in another sense, the concept of the potential space extends to the meaning of the word health. Writing for psychoanalysts about psychoanalysts, Winnicott said, we seldom reach the point at which we can start to describe what life is like apart from illness or absence of illness. Health in the sense of absence of illness, or worse, in the sense of absence of symptoms, is a negative concept for which Winnicott had no use. Absence of illness may be health, but it is not life, he wrote. Life, as we know, included for him the idea of richness of quality, of the capacity to be enriched that comes from an intensity of life experience in relation to a human mother figure who is essentially adaptive because of love, and from the ability to carry over something of this intensity of experience to new experiencing in relationship to the external world phenomena. It can be seen that these ideas are bound up with a statement that we are poor indeed if we are only sane. Mm. I'll leave it there. You know, sometimes I think when I hear stuff like that is like there is no ultimate guaranteed uh, monetary value to being a good enough person. No. Like we're we're sort of trained to be robotic. Mm-hmm. We're sort of trained to be like non-human. And, and I think things that sound so appealing to me about psychoanalysis and Winnicott and the thing that was just described is like so mystical, mm-hmm. so magical. It's like a wizard or a magical person or like a, which I think is exactly what terrifies some people yeah. about psychoanalysis and yeah. all of this. They're like, what do you mean? Well, or a pastor or a holy person, a person mm-hmm. so skilled at the mystical elements of what it means no, to be I mean, human and present. What and was that phrase? Where is it? Where did it go? Uh, this is so good. Of being alive and attentive. That's all. That's, I love that. Which sometimes meant doing nothing more than being alive and attentive. Well, 
because what happens is nobody can coach. It's not about, it's not about say this, do that. It's like, this is, this is just something that's coming up for me. It's like in the early days, 17, 18 years ago of like getting some sort of like youth ministry curriculum for a youth group. It's like, here's the lesson plan. And it's like, read this, say this, do this. It's so robotic. And it's like the teacher show this clip now say this. Right. And Ask it's like, sure, you did it. You did it how they said to do it. But like nothing can Was fill in alive? the gaps of like, are, are the kids feeling your passion? And somebody says, it's like, it's like terrible acting. It's like, after you read this quote, smile. But did you mean the smile? Is it real? Like what's going on inside of you that people can feel? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's something that you can't necessarily teach or if you do teach no i think it's intense training i think it's really about it's not it's more about phenomenologically being able to do that yeah you know it's like it's it's not something that can be like i I don't i don't know i mean i think winnicott's such a great example because i imagine winnicott i'm i'm of course idealize him in many ways and i imagine him to be very connected to his true self you know maverick and so I think that there is part of me that does imagine that like his attentive presence. Cause I mean, he would, he would even call for this idea of like, yeah, as a psychotherapist, it's not about like being completely blank and not allowing your true self in the room. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. to be open to these gestures within the self, even, you know, within the other mm-hmm. it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, what, what what do you think is so interesting about this in in the, in the realm of no small thing, uh, no small thing listeners, less certain, more curious. Um, true I self, think so, true, okay, true okay, self, false self. I think this has a lot of potential. I, for me, it's been a very helpful thing to wonder around this idea of the true self, and I think it's been was really helpful early on. And when I first heard it, I really did see them as dualistic, which I think there is some truth to there being a dualistic nature. There's the true and the false. And I think I've come to see them as a lot more interrelated. And that's been really helpful in terms of opening up spaces for curiosity. And I do think some kind of trust in a creative source that is... um, so I'm going to trust in a creative source that is within the self, I think is almost needed in the endeavor of curiosity. Like you kind of have to trust in that source if we're going to also trust curiosity. Like it's, they're kind of one and the same in my mind. Those are my thoughts. I really like those thoughts. Um, I think something you just said that needed to get said was, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of what you said was like, there is these two binaries that start the conversation, but Mm -hmm. there is no pure false self, true self. I'm never acting purely in my true self. Right. Uh, And and maybe there'd be glimmers and glimpses. Uh, For some reason, I keep picturing like some sort of artist, like a dancer or a painter and in there in the flow. Right. Exactly. True self emerges, but it's never fully. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like there, it's always in relation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's good to keep in mind. I like that. And as we're getting curious and how does the false self serve you? And like, what ways are you like, cool. It serves my true self. It serves me to protect 
my vulnerable true self. Yeah. It so all it just can, sounds like true... conscious to me. Like right. it's good to just be conscious about it. Right. Don't right. get so invested. Well, and that's the thing is if you think your false self is your true, that's when it's really scary. Or you think when the false self is becomes the whole person. Oh, and, and you can feel it when someone's invested in their false self. Right. I mean, I can't. I feel like earlier in this episode, Scott was feeling that I was more invested <laughs> in my false self than my Well, true. sure. And I'm sure all sorts of people can feel like when I am. But like, I'm that, I mean, hey, we hang out a lot. <laughs> 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 and I would say that's not, that. that's, that's a vibe with you that I don't, I feel less with most people like, no, we're all out here doing it. Yeah. But we, we know, I, I know people, you experience people in the first 30 seconds of meeting them where they're invested in some sort of false self and you just feel it. Right. Well, and often people who are invested in false selves also probably have, I think, I do think that we could really go down the realm of really highly extreme false self is probably also what we would call pathological narcissism potentially. And so then there's also something going on with that person where you aren't even there's, there's the lack of true self from them makes it completely impossible for them to see a true self in you. Mm. So you are simply a pawn in Mm. their false self world. Okay. I mean, one, one really cyclical little thought that I would have that I know isn't necessarily sort of rooted in any sort of theory. It's just Scott pontificating, but it's like, this is, this is what I want to say to people in terms of like what I, what I experience in someone and what I want to, a vibe I want to give off is if you have a critique of someone or an observation and they're instantly defensive. I mean, this is why I always want to talk about defense mechanisms. Something is instantly suspicious to me. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to protect? Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you could say, you could say, and this is how it all gets really hard to talk about. Okay, so what if my narcissism is being overly invested in a person that's curious and open? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> how does that? That, that's what no. we want to say. Tox, toxic no. curiosity. No, so, that's so like, exactly right. I can say, okay, so, um, your yeah. self image <laughs> is tied up so much in being curious I know. that I know, it's like, it's, if, if anything gets got brought up to thwart it, it becomes, there's a lot of defenses to prove you're curious, know. you know, I know. and I have a similar thing. A, with that's that. why it has to be phenomenological. <laughs> I don't know. I hope people understand what we mean by that. There has to be a felt experience mm-hmm. has, has to, uh, that something's getting through. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not like I'm agreeing or like there's all these wordy things that I'm saying and that, and that we're experiencing back and forth. And it's any sort of communication where it's like we're agreeing and I'm listening, but there is at least something that you're feeling in the, in the physical, that mental, it can, spiritual it can reach field. You. It can reach you. Yeah. It can impact you. Yes. 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 There is, there are sometimes where it's like, this isn't even impacting. There's so yeah, much because that's impacting. In, in certain people that I would describe as narcissists, I would say, I would look at them and say, you're an asshole. And they go, they look at me very pleasantly with this deadpan, like, interesting. Thanks for saying that. I, I'd like to hear more. And I'm like, but it's not getting through. Like, but- this is crazy. Like you really didn't, I don't think you're absorbing what I'm saying. And then you've got this sort of plastic defense and you're pretending to listen. 
Um, <laughs> we're really getting in the weeds. I, we gotta Scott's really, Scott's really having really, his own really moments like, with his own personal. There's <laughs> there's definitely some people floating through his head, his own unique thing. I think it would be really special and fun for us to do some episodes on narcissism coming up. And I would love to do it in terms of narcissistic defenses and to really open the conversation up around how we all have got them. I mean, and honestly, we everybody might like as a society <laughs> be working through with the most right now. Narcissistic <laughs> defenses for us okay. all. This feels like an authentic self. <laughs> okay. I, I guess I'd say wrapping up, honestly, at the end of the day, this isn't even the best platform. Like podcast is okay. And really my best and favorite way to do it is sit with a group and ask everybody's opinion. No, I know. That's I'm true. Like, Which is why I, I want to be like, does any of this make sense? What do you guys this think? In the beginning, like, Hey, P and dub folks, like we, we did some kind of like more regular meetups, you know, groups and things. Would you be interested? That could be fun. Kind of getting Tell like us what a, you th- like what if no small thing like grew a little community, Winnicott a local community. Book study is what we need. Yeah, we need a Winnicott book study, and we need to know cute. what some of these words mean. We need to know. And I literally Mace am in a class that's kind of like a book study. Try to learn to pronounce this word. I got to get that one word pronounced. No, no. <laughs> There's always you've been doing this for like five years. What point you yet? always say omnipotence? What is it? Omnipotent. <laughs> Omnipotent? Omnipotent. Yeah, but why not? It'd be like saying omniscience. (laughs) People say omniscience. People don't say omniscience. (laughs) Or something, whatever the word is. I don't need to get that right, and I will not. Okay, you have your, everybody, Mace's authentic self, has spontaneously decided to say omnipotence. (laughs) So that's valid. I've I've always pronounced it that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess, sure, it, it, but again, it'd be like saying conscience <laughs> instead of conscience. You know, it's like that's one way to pronounce it. It's not the general way that people pronounce it. I, <laughs> I guess think it's that's your style. Really funny. It's my style. It's great. Omnipotent. Omnipotence. Of course. Potent. Um, omni. <laughs> I think we talked about this in another episode. Um, okay, everybody. Is it? Is it? Omni is all mm-hmm. and potent. Um, omnipotent. All yeah, powerful. all powerful. So potent, you're just saying uh, omnipotent and all potent. Yes, exactly, exactly. It makes so much sense. Omnipresence, omniscient, omniscient. That doesn't make knowing. sense to me. Shint, uh, shints, omniscience, <laughs> omniscience. I don't know what that is, but potent is a word oh, I know. Oh, you do. It's all knowing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what shints is. Omniscience. Shints. <laughs> What is that word? We're see, we're in a revelry right now. Is that science that's happening there? I I, think, I don't think that's the word. It's a different no, no, word. I think if we looked at the word, it's not it's science. Omni and science. No, it's not. Yes, I don't think it is. Okay, well, let, let, let's not look it up. Okay. <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, everybody, go look it up. You want to look it up before this would have been a good way to end. All right, should I, should I riff a little bit more while you look this up? We're, we're winding down, everyone. Mace is gonna look up how you spell omniscience. It's not. You're wrong. I'm right. Mace is wrong. I'm right. No, I'm, I'm right. Wrong. Mace is right. It's omniscient. O m n i s c i e n t. It's not omniscient. Omniscient. But how do you spell omniscience? Omniscience. <laughs> it's probably going to be omniscience because <laughs> that almost sounded like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, guys, it is obvious okay. science. <laughs> for, so from now on, for our style and our way of doing things in our authentic sense, it's we're Omni changing. Science. It's now fetch is a thing, and so is omniscience. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We solved it. Uh, best uh, blessings on your uh, uh, efforts to be more your authentic self. True selves. True self, false self. All a right, blessing on your false self because that that person needs some love too. So it's true that that false they self didn't get sometimes. enough love. Well, and your false self protects your true self. <laughs> this, this this podcast is getting real out of control. Okay, okay. Love all of you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>